I said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Hello everyone, and thank you for joining me on The Change Up. My name is Will Oxtoby, and I'm excited to be your host today. The Change Up is a podcast about the moments, ideas, people, media, and experiences that change our lives. In every episode, I'm going to talk to someone new about a topic that changed their life. I'd really appreciate it if you would follow, subscribe, and leave a good review if you can. If you could all go out there and just convince your quarantine buddy to listen, that would mean the world. I would love to bring this content to more people if I can, and your support is the best way I can do that. So thank you for everything you've already done to support this project. On today's episode, I talked to Paige Ferlin, a philosophy student here at UBC Vancouver. Paige and I met at an interview nearly a year ago and quickly bonded over our shared interests in philosophy and computer science. Today, Paige and I talk about what it means to live your life on purpose. We discuss the importance of finding meaning in the seemingly arbitrary things that happen to us and what it really means to lead a fulfilling life. Now, without further ado, Paige Ferlin. Hi, Paige. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation with you. Thank you so much for having me. Me too. Awesome. So let's just launch right into this. Um, Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about something that changed your life. I would say about a year and a half ago, I started realizing that different parts of our lives that seem by chance or by coincidence do have a higher meaning. And by studying philosophy and really reading into how those moments do have a higher meaning at times, even though they might not seem that consequential, by really leaning in and reading into it, they actually kind of tell you about your life more and maybe a direction that you should be going that you may not have thought was the right direction or possibly an area of life that you didn't think was worth exploring. So after really realizing that due to my philosophy major in university, I started to kind of research that bit more and reflect on my life and see if that is true or not. And the more I started reflecting and leaning into it and being more present, I saw that was a very real theory and it very much changed my perspective of how I live and the purpose to why I live as well. That's awesome. I love the idea of like, not everything just happens randomly, right? I think that's what, mm-hmm. is that kind of along the same vein? Is like, not, exactly. okay, well, let's talk philosophy a little bit then. Uh, is this like yeah. along the lines of determinism? Like everything is meant to happen and like, you know, we don't really have free choice or is this more of like a, we still have free will, but it's still important to read into things a little bit more and like coincidences don't really happen. They're all, it's kind of like a butterfly effect thing. Is my, I'm summing up a lot of very different ideas in like this, <laughs> this sentence, but like if you could boil it down to some like more philosophical terms and we can explain those terms to people who don't know as well, how would you kind of, right. uh, how would you kind of sum it up a bit more then? I definitely, I'm really happy you brought up the point about free will because I also have mm-hmm. been given a lot of thought as well. And I do think at the end of the day, we have free will, but I think it's organized in a way where it's not as broad as we believe it to be. I don't know a specific term that completely covers that train of thought, but I do think, you know, as humans, we do have the ability to think for ourselves, but I think it is only in a certain parameter as far as we can go. And I think those choices are pretty much already laid out for us. It's just a matter of if we're living in pure future or not, it really depends on how you live and how you perceive your life. Aristotle and Plato talk about this quite a bit as well. 
Like, mm-hmm. what is a meaningful life? I'm sure you've heard that. Of course, yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah. Of course. And I think really, if you live in a pure virtue and you live with pure intention, which could be as easy as just leading with your heart and leading with the goodness of yourself and seeing the goodness in other people, you will be led to good things. And those good choices will then rebound into a very meaningful and fulfilling life. And I think that is the opposite as well. If you are a very pessimistic person, then those choices will lead to a life of unfulfillment. And I don't think it's that black and white, but I do think there is the ability to control if you will have more meaning to the everyday life or not in the fulfillment that you want to, I guess, get across in however you're living. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love, you know, finding meaning in those little details of life. Um, mm-hmm. So was there like maybe a moment in particular that kind of switched that thinking for you? Or was it kind of a gradual or maybe more like a catalyst? Like, was there one a course you took a moment in your life, something like that, that kind of changed that the way you think? I think growing up, my mom always told me about six degrees of separation, and how mm. closely tied we all are with one another. And then studying philosophy, because I originally was a political science major. I had no intention of studying philosophy. And then one of my professors, Chris Erickson, he Mm. did most of his course in a philosophy tone. And I did very well. And I very much bonded with him and the course material. And he Mm. suggested I take more philosophy courses. And through that, it seemed to be a slow eye-opening for me. There wasn't a specific catalyst, but there were definitely different situations that I was present in that I was like, okay, this definitely translates to my life. And I think one of them was just seeing different people in my life and seeing the importance that life put them in my life, which might sound really abstract and metaphysical, (laughs) but like, for instance, um, there's like one person in my life that I wasn't sure if I should get close with, or if this was more of like an acquaintance friendship and Mm -hmm. just seeing that I would bump into this person a ton and I like missed the bus one day and I had to take a completely different bus and I ended up bumping into them on the bus. And there was a bunch of further weird coincidences of like being a class with this person. And I was like, okay, like at this point, it's not a coincidence. And at that point I, of my life, I was still going back and forth with the idea of a coincidence. I was like, is this a true thing? Is there such thing as chance? Or are these little things that life is showing us that we need to investigate more or pay more attention to? So I guess it wasn't a specific catalyst, but a journey of growth that led me to where I am thinking now. Yeah, so almost like a life is presenting you with like little hints of like, here's how you can thrive right and like you know showing you this person who keeps showing up in your life and i'm curious if you don't mind me asking like is this person a significant person in your life still like are they a friend now yes yeah they have become a significant person which is really cool because in the beginning there definitely was that pinnacle but now it's pretty cool to see how that has evolved in my life especially over the past like eight months or so that's so cool so how do you think this kind of changes the way you live your life a little bit? Like what, what tangible effects does this have on your life in like behavior? Definitely. I think the way I view good and bad instances have really changed. I don't see things that I would count as a loss to be a negative effect in my mm. life. Usually like back a couple of years ago, if there was an opportunity I missed out on or something that I wasn't able to advance in, I of course would be upset and I would, not be not hold a grudge per per se but 
of course I wouldn't be very happy with the situation, but then realizing that very much the cliche one door closes another door opens analogy, seeing that it was really put into practice once I was more meaningful or sorry, once I was more aware of what was going on, that's when I really thought, okay, this is purposeful. Hey, it's me again, your friendly neighborhood podcast host, reminding you to follow and subscribe to The Change Up. The community listening to the podcast is growing, and I really think there are big things on the way. So make sure you and all your friends are subscribed. Now, back to The Change Up. How does this change your life in a tangible way? Behavior right. And I liked what you were saying about reframing, kind of. Like you were, ta- you were yeah. talking about reframing your, you. your, your losses as yeah. different opportunities, right? Does that kind of launch you yeah, into something sure. else you wanted to say? Or is that your point? Definitely. I would like to expand on this. Thank you yeah, so much. Keep going, please. So basically, yeah, throughout my university career, there definitely has been instances to what I've gained and to what I've lost. And of course, you sometimes perseverate more in your losses because they're more significant to you. And once I changed my framework of saying that those losses were actually gains because it was putting me towards a direction that would be more fulfilling and probably more prosperous, I started not focusing on those negative instances or negative perceived instances as much. Of course, I would you know, welcome those feelings of like sad, you know, sad feelings, but at the same mm-hmm. time, I wouldn't perseverate on them by any means. It would be something that I would, you know, lean into and then move on from because I was very acutely aware at that point that there was something else coming. And by perseverating on these feelings of negativity or sadness wasn't going to help me advance any further. So I'm not saying, of course, to negate any of those feelings, but, you know, be mindful of them, but don't let them hold any space. Because once you realize that there's a lot more coming and there was purpose to why that thing did not work out, you really start seeing that you are living a very more fulfilling life by focusing on the positive um, opportunities that come from both negative and positive instances. Totally. I love what you're saying about not trying to make yourself not feel these losses or not feel the pain that comes with negative experiences in life, like missing out on a promotion or getting dumped or something like that. Like it's important mm-hmm. to not ignore that pain. Cause I feel like a lot of, you know, motivational kind of things you might hear out there, like, you know, don't let these things affect you. Like, don't, don't even try and like, you know, no, don't not feel the pain, but just like push through, like ignore the pain, like keep going, like, you know, it'll move on. But like, the beauty of life is also the two sides of the coin, which is feeling the pain and then, you know, recovering from it and, you know, moving past it or whatever that is. And I think what you're saying about feeling that pain, but feeling it with some sort of intention is really, really great. Cause you can just wallow in the pain of like, let's say a breakup, like oh, I'm the master, of that. like wallowing in the pain of yeah. a breakup. It's so easy to just like, yeah. you know, hang out and just like feel bad for yourself. But like, if you exactly. look at it as, Hey, this breakup happened, you know, maybe it sucks that I'm not with somebody or I I missed out on this job opportunity. It sucks. I'm not getting the promotion. It sucks. I'm not getting the new job, but you know, more time in this, in this current position to grow and get new skills. No partner right now. Great. Have more time to spend with my friends and work on myself, like reframing these negative experiences in a positive light and giving them meaning is so impactful. Yeah, no, I fully agree. And this is of course not an overnight thing and it's not the easiest thing to do at all times. Sometimes it takes a lot of mindfulness to really get into that headspace because naturally, of course, as humans, we feel our emotions and depending how in tune you are with them, sometimes they're very encompassing, you know? So 
I think by being mindful and really understanding the purpose behind everything, whether you see it in a philosophical or even spiritual way, it's really important to exercise, as I said, the mindfulness so that you can really get to that more purposeful state of mind where, of course, you're a lot happier <laughs> because you're not wallowing in the negativity. But I think, as you said, it is very important to feel because we are humans. And by not feeling, you're doing yourself a disjustice, especially if you start suppressing your emotions, because they will always come up. They will never go away <laughs> if you don't deal with them. Pushing it down doesn't make them go away. It just like kind of puts not more pressure all. on them to come up and explode at a later time. Yeah. So could you give like an example, uh, if you feel comfortable, of course, of like mm -hmm. a way that your new thinking is kind of like shaped your life a little bit more like oh like in a specific instance where you had this like you talked about your friend who you like that was like a learning moment for you of like oh like reframing this coincidence as a you know not the universe sending me a sign but i'm being guided like i want i don't exactly. want to just like let life ha pass me by so like could you give an ex another example maybe of how this has kind of come up if you need a minute to think that's okay for sure i think i'll talk about um one of my dad's doctors actually so growing up, I did Girl Guides, which is kind of like Boy Scouts. I, you're from Canada, so you're aware of Girl Guides. Great. They have yeah. amazing cookies, all that great stuff. And they have these really good um, youth leadership programs. And we ended up going away around Camp Alino. They have this cute little camp for like scouts. So we ended up going there. And one of the girls that I was really close with that we all roomed together because it was the girls and their parents, we were about eight or nine, um, was actually the daughter of my dad's doctor. Now, my dad didn't have this doctor at the time. And about five years later, they go to an appointment and who walks in is this woman who we've created a relationship with throughout the years. And like, of course, we had no idea this woman, <laughs> even though she had a familiar last name, would be my dad's doctor. And he has, she has been, sorry, my dad's doctor for about 10 plus years now. So it was really amazing that we've already created this connection that would extend far longer than we thought it would. And especially when it comes to something more vulnerable in a medical state, it was really remarkable that we already had that connection with the doctor. So there was that very close bond between um, doctor and patient. So for me, that was really cool. I actually just found that out the other day. So no I way. found it really cool. Yeah, I had no idea. I was like, how did you not tell me this? That is so crazy. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The, those coincidences really, it, it makes you feel like, yeah, there, there's some other kind of like, you know, guiding power, not necessarily in a totally. being or like the yeah. mystical universe, but like, you know, <laughs> life has a path and you're walking along it and, you know, get, you get decisions. It sounds like, and I think we both agree on that, you know, exactly. free will exists to a certain extent. So, you know, we're kind mm -hmm. of given situations that we then get to decide what to do with. Right. But oh, like, totally. it's amazing that it feels like such a small world and like almost like a script in some ways, you know, like you're Definitely. it's weird. Sometimes you just feel like you're living like these moments of a movie or of a book. And it's like, wow. Like, you know, exactly. my, the people I met when I was a kid is now my parents' doctor. Like this person I saw on the bus every day for a, a month is now one of my best friends. Like yeah. those kind of things are, are wild, but really, really cool moments to appreciate when you, when you take this perspective on it, you know? Exactly. And I just wanted to add, you spoke about not subscribing to a certain belief about a higher being. And I think that's really important as well, because philosophy is known to be, you know, like an atheist religion. And I think it's important mm. that you don't have to subscribe to a certain ideal to live this kind of perspective. Like myself, I was raised in a religious household. So of course, I would attribute a higher being to God. But as like other friends of mine that are agnostic or just are spiritual in other ways or not, 
they can also live this perspective without having to, as I say, like subscribe to a higher ideal. And I think that's really cool because it applies to all religions, all races, everything, pretty much everybody. It just applies to your consciousness, which I think is really cool, which everyone has. So I think that's really mm -hmm. fun understanding to this framework and this way of thinking. Totally. So are you, if you don't mind me asking, are you still, um, would you consider yourself a religious person? So yeah, the funny thing was, so I went through 12 years of Catholic school. I grew mm -hmm. up in Vancouver and coming to UBC to a secular school, it was a bit of a change for me just because I went to an all girls Catholic high school. So of course, okay, yeah. coming to university, you know, we had 96 girls in my class. So it was a huge shift. And my yeah, faith was really, yeah, definitely. My faith was really challenged. And the really cool thing was I really got to understand what faith was for me and not what it was subscribed for me to learn for 12 years. And then studying philosophy, which I find has like a really interesting faith component, especially in Western philosophy. I really got to develop my own relationship with religion and the abstract and what it means to me. And I would still say that throughout the years, I am religious. I've just changed my perspective on the importance of religion. I think it's very important for the metaphysical aspect. Of course, you know, the commandments and all that and how one should live their life. And, you know, there are great things to take away from religion as well. But I think living with the understanding of a metaphysical and understanding that there is a higher purpose definitely does help give some contentment in life, regardless of if you're putting yourself in the driver's seat or not, just knowing that you are given this purpose. So I think it also helps interpreting the ideal of like coincidences. You know, as I said, it doesn't really matter what you subscribe to, but definitely the lens to how you look at it sometimes does influence the purpose why you think things are happening. Um, but to answer your question more concretely, yes, I'm still religious. I just have definitely changed my framework on to why there is the importance. And for me, that is the metaphysical component, which I think for everyone is very important to have. Interesting. So can you elaborate a bit more on like the metaphysical component as in what I'm a little bit confused when you say that, are you saying like you, 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 you like enjoy the fact that you can, you can like have faith in the fact that, you know, God created the universe and stuff like that. Does that give you like comfort? Is that what you're saying? And contentment? Is that what you're, like? I think the ideal that we are not the only being, I mm -hmm. think it's yes. In the way that we were created by a omnibalivalent, you know, omniscient, omnipotent being. But I mm -hmm. think mostly it's to know that we are not it, which kind of gives you more of a purpose to why we are living. I think that is, for me, the crux of the importance of the metaphysical aspect of religion and also philosophy. I see a lot of comparisons, which a lot of people don't. Some people think philosophy is very very different than religion, but I see the two of them working hand in hand because they both share that metaphysical aspect of, yes, this is what you're experiencing on earth, but know that there is more to experience and it's not just the everyday life and there's purpose behind everything you do. And it's not just this materialistic capitalist society that you just have to survive in and then die. I think it's the purpose that the metaphysical aspect brings, which, as I said, can be seen. I might be redundant right now but between the religion and that and philosophical sorry perspective I think the both of them really share that and that's what I have taken away mostly throughout the years of really redefining religion for myself is that totally. idea of purpose mm -hmm. totally I like that a lot I think 
one thing about philosophy that might be a misconception about a lot of people is like, and it might be a misconception for a lot of people, sorry, is that mm-hmm. they seem to think that philosophy might be a bit more about like, you know, only asking what is the meaning of life? Only asking <laughs> like, why are we here? And like, you know, there's, oh my gosh, there's so much more to philosophy, right? Um, exactly. But in this case, we are talking about like, what is the meaning of life from a philosophical standpoint? And I think that you are so right when, when you say that philosophy and religion are like, there's, I'm looking for a word right now. It's not, it's not on the tip of my tongue. I'm looking for it, but like they're, they're linked in a way that they can't be pulled apart just because philosophy so. for like hundreds and hundreds of years, more than half of the time we've basically been recording philosophy has been like from a religious standpoint, like only in the last couple mm-hmm. hundred years has, has secular philosophy, I feel like really taken off. And so exactly. a lot of, you know, famous philosophers through the years have really thought, put all of their thoughts in a religious framework. And I think there's real value to that because even if, you know, everything, you know, you believe whatever you want to believe when it comes to whatever religion you subscribe to, whether you're agnostic mm-hmm. or atheist, having like something else to attribute, you know, certain basic truths to is so important to like living your life. Because no matter what branch of philosophy you're going down, whether it be like ethics or metaphysics or epistemology or something like that, those being like the study of, of like metaphysics literally, and that's not, it's harder to get to the bottom of that one, but sorry, <laughs> epistemology being the study of knowledge for those who are listening. Um, no matter what branch of philosophy you go down, you always have to somehow you always have to somehow get to like a base level truth that you have to accept basically and i think exactly. like you uh, we're you know this page but like we you have to it helps sorry to have you know something to fall back on like that and i think it not only does it help you like solve problems in your head when it comes to philosophy but like you said more importantly it also gives you meaning in a lot of ways and so mm-hmm. you know i think that gives you know, a lot of people, you know, they can, like you said, like, I love the word contentment for that, you know, like yeah. at a certain point, there's no more need to question things, you know, philosophy is great to like solve problems and get to the bottom of things. But at a certain point, it's like, we don't need to know any more about this. Like whatever, whatever, however much farther we get in this issue, we're just like nitpicking things. We're not really making exactly. any more progress. Right. And so I feel like I might be rambling a little bit in this case, but, but no. I, just to, to solve what I was saying, like, I really do think that you know, religion, philosophy can't be pulled apart and that they are completely linked, as you were saying, and exactly. they definitely, ideas from both of them bounce off each other. Yeah, it's fascinating. When studying, I did not think philosophy and I guess theology were that intertwined, but it was really cool because once I was kind of rediscovering and redefining what faith meant to me, that was the time when I was switching my major into philosophy. So it kind of all intersected at a really good time. And it definitely, yes, it brings contentment. It brings hopefulness and also brings the underlying theme of purpose which I think is really cool especially when you are trying to figure out your life at the age of 20 (laughs) and you're trying to figure out what's your purpose and what do you want to do in your career there are so many big decisions that kind of is nice I mean for us to study philosophy and just kind of always understand that you know there is a purpose to everything and just in pure virtue follow your heart just of course in a lot of cliche things but I mean once you read philosophy for those who are listening that haven't I highly recommend because it really broadens your horizons on how people have lived and how you should live because the world is very cyclical let's be real Mm -hmm. the world doesn't change that much our problems change because of what has been invented or the atmosphere Mm -hmm. but our problems don't change which is why philosophy and religion resonate so much so I think it's important to reflect on those texts, readings, scriptures, because it really does circle back to 
the core problems that us as a society consistently face. That's great. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. This idea of a cyclical, you know, cyclical history, cyclical human life, basically, is somewhat new to me. Like, I, you framing it like this for me really puts it in a new light for me. Like, I haven't actually studied it at all. So hearing, mm-hmm. like, but hearing you say that, I'm like tying it back to purpose. It's very interesting, and like, we could have a whole other conversation about Definitely. that. Definitely, but <laughs> I, I love it. I, I think that's that's great. So I wanted to run like a little, a quote by you that I've heard. It's in a song and I don't remember the name of the song, but I will like put it in the podcast description. But (laughs) the lyric goes, um, something, something, something. I live my life on purpose. And when I heard that for the first time, I was like, I had to like Mm -hmm. pause the music and be like, whoa, what does it mean to me to live my life on purpose? Like to not let things pass me by? Is it to like, Mm -hmm. you know, not accept things being random? Is it like, what is it? What does it mean to me to live my life on purpose? So then I guess in the context, context of our conversation, sorry, I'd like to pose that question to you. Uh, what does it mean to live your life on purpose? I think it's to live mindfully and to be an active member of society and to be just to yourself. I think the word just in philosophy, in, I mean, in lay terms, it is just a word that we say just because, you know. I don't know, mm-hmm. like, I'm not too educated on grammar, so I'm not too sure if that's like, <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. why that falls into like the English language, but um, <laughs> live justly, you know what I mean? <laughs> to live justly, mm-hmm. I think um, is, I mean, attached with your soul and it's really mm-hmm. understanding how you live for you. And I think living with purpose, living on purpose is living a fulfilling life that subscribes to yourself, but being aware of your actions and how those kind of have the ripple effect to those around you. I think okay. there's a really cool show, kind of ties in the religion, the philosophy, but it's called God Fended Me. It just got canceled. Mm. So sad. But no. basically, I know the synopsis of the show is about an atheist who is the son of a bishop in New York. I think it was on City TV. It was on one of the large channels that you can get in Vancouver. And essentially, he started this podcast, funny enough, because he got this friend request on Facebook from this account called God that he thought was someone trolling him. And every episode, he would be sent a friend request. And he would coincidentally bump into these people. His life would bring him to these friend requests. And his whole purpose is to help these friend requests. And the really cool thing is as the show goes on, those friend requests start intersecting with each other. And he pretty much creates this network of random people that all together kind of created this like purposeful meaning of like a a shared life almost and Mm -hmm. it was really cool because he started then living his life on purpose which was you know finding his purpose through helping other people and you know really understanding what it meant to live for himself and also seeing how that affected those around him and the friend request but the hard thing was is it was canceled and we don't know who was behind the god account because they had all these like hackers and they brought in this computer science aspect, which is super cool. And then they canceled it. So I would highly recommend checking it out. It definitely oh is not gosh. a religious focus show, which I think is really cool. It brings in religious mm. aspects, kind of similar to the show Lucifer. I'm not sure yep. if you've heard of Lucifer. It's on Netflix, have, you know. Yeah. Yes, a religious, you know, show, but it definitely is not like fully of like religious context. 
very similar. But anyways, that show really reminded me of that quote because it really showed how one can live on purpose and it might not be through something divine or philosophical blatantly, but there definitely, mm-hmm. I think, are those underlying meanings as we've spoken about before that really help you live your life on purpose. It's a really good quote. Yeah, I wonder what song that is. I will definitely send it to you after the podcast. And Please. yeah, it's honestly a great song. I love this song. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to kind of wrap up as well by just asking you if you could give a piece of advice, like, mm-hmm. or maybe a couple pieces of advice um, to somebody who feels like they're kind of maybe floating through life, not living their life on purpose, is struggling to find purpose in their life. What could they change in their life? Maybe it's one thing. Maybe it's a thought. Maybe it's an action they could start taking. Mm-hmm. What would you recommend they do to kind of help themselves find that meaning? Because I think that not everybody has the same meaning in life. We all have our own purposes and we get to decide those on our own. But how would you help that person or what advice would you give to that person to help them find that for themselves? Definitely. I think I'm going to sound like a broken record when I say <laughs> the word mindfulness. But yeah. truly, it has really come into the rhetoric of our generation because mental health has been such a focus, which has been amazing. And I think as it should, mm-hmm. and I think hand in hand with mental health, it's come mindfulness. And I think being very mindful of your life. And some people, of course, like take the time to listen to the birds and the trees and like the sounds of nature specifically. And of course, that is great. And I think really lean into the world itself, which is being mindful of your life and where you've come from. and how you've gotten to the place where you are, I think shows a lot about where you're going to go. And if you listen abstractly, which of course is not, you're not going to be hearing words. (laughs) (laughs) No one's going to be directly talking to you. But if you listen (laughs) in the abstract form, you definitely will be able to mindfully be able, that's redundant. Abstractly listening will help you be mindful in order to Mm -hmm lean into those instances that you might find are coincidences but you might see repeats of and then you're like okay this is purposeful how is this purposeful i'm gonna let that go and i'm gonna let it show me and i think that's a really important point that i did want to touch on is don't put your own expectations on things that seem they're by chance or they're by coincidence i think that's when we intervene with the process of life and that whole metaphysical aspect that things are happening for us while we are living I think mm-hmm. oftentimes a lot of people, when it comes to the whole idea of manifestation or like tarot card readings, they mm-hmm. put their own, or even in prayer, like some people are like, oh, okay, like this is what I want, not this is what I would hope for, or this might be best for me. Definitely lead with your intentions into whatever you would like to happen, your purposeful life, a meaningful life, where you want to be more mindful, but don't, I think an easy way to say it is like, don't apply what you would like to see happen. It's kind of like, I know this is not sounding super coherent, but essentially there's That's that okay. thing of people hear what they want to hear. Yeah. You heard that before. So mm-hmm. don't apply that to you're going to live how you want to live. Of course, that mm-hmm. is a great way to you know start your life is I want to live more meaningful. But if you start going into the materialistic aspects of like, I want to be a millionaire, or if you basically bring it, down from the metaphysical to the physical, I think that's when it gets toxic because Mm -hmm. you're not living in virtue. You're living for like basically Aristotle and Neomachean ethics. I have some notes here that I put down. So there's like external goods and then there's the goods of the soul. 
And this okay. got me really hyped when I was reading it. It's a huge <laughs> book. You may have it by now. I'm not sure. I'm not kidding. This book weighs like five pounds. Like it is oh very God. heavy. <laughs> it's amazing. Okay. But I actually don't <laughs> know anything about, I don't know anything about this school of thought. I know a little bit about Aristotle because I've <gasps> studied him a little bit. So I would yeah. love you to pop off right now and give me your quick amazing. summary of, excuse me if I butcher the name, but neomechanism okay. ethics. Yeah. So Neomachaic? Nicomachean. I've I've heard it pronounced like six six times and it's all pronounced differently. But essentially, it's how to live a happy life and how to achieve happiness, eudaimonia. So essentially, basically, he has split how to achieve this happy life into different types of goods. And the two I want to focus on, the one is external goods and the other one are the goods of the soul. So as a society we see that we're living in the physical which is like goods of the soul so we're striving for like wealth so materialistic capitalist um goals Mm -hmm. or like honor fame and we're really bringing our expectations lower to like our level but i think in order to live a purposeful life you need to bring your expectations above yourself by wanting to live virtuous life by expanding your knowledge knowledge is not tactful at all times knowledge lives in your brain and it's a very abstract idea which is really cool and super philosophical and kind of makes you a bit existential (laughs) when you think about it but you really Mm -hmm. want to educate yourself in order to elevate your mind so that you're aware of your surroundings even more and that doesn't always mean gaining physical um, attributes such as even clothes, you know, I find that the society that we live in right now really focuses on the now instead of the future. And even though that's really helpful when it comes to some aspects of mindfulness, when you're living with the now, you really inhibit yourself from thinking about your future and thinking about the good that could come and the purpose behind the decisions of the now. You're just dealing with A plus B equals C and you're not really taking a step back and you're like, what is A, what is B, like how does it get to C? Or like, how did this equation even come in like, to begin with? And I think by really thinking about these types of goods, and how you can better your soul, I think really helps you live that meaning, purposeful life, and allows for that overall, as we've spoken about contentment, because you know, the purpose that is to come, even though you don't know the specifics about it. So I hope that answered your question. I can specify. A did, bit more. Yeah. No, okay. that was great. I think that was Awesome. And now I, ha- now I have a base of knowledge for this. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, awesome. Do you want to, before we go, tack on mm-hmm. any last, like, if you were to write an essay about this, what would be the ending to the essay? <laughs> like, what would be yeah, your definitely. conclusion for this kind of your, this, rev- this revelation you've had? I think I wrote this down and I think it's a really good way to summarize how I've been mm-hmm. feeling over the past year and a bit, just some different coincidences that even happen outside of the ones I've shared. But like really, once you take a step back and realize there's purpose in everything, you start living a meaningful life. And that means mm-hmm. don't be discouraged if things don't go your way, as I've mentioned before. And really understand that you will be showing your purpose if you live within a pure virtue, which is not some physical attribute that you're trying to strive for, such as money or you know, any materialistic good, like a new iPhone, like you will really start living the life you are meant to live as purposeful as you may think that is or not. Once you really start thinking about the metaphysical aspects of your life and how your purpose on this earth is much greater than the school you go to right now, even though those are all important things, 
just think how far you've come over the years and think and realize that there is a reason where you are right now. So don't discount that because you really will find a lot of hope in that, regardless of if you attribute the way you got there to a spiritual being or not. That is my awesome. last little word. <laughs> no, for sure. That was wonderful. And honestly, very eloquently put, given that we're talking about pretty complex subjects. I'm sure a couple of times we got lost in here and like our, our <laughs> excitement about philosophy, but honestly, you wrapped it True. up really well. And so all I can say is a huge thank you for coming here and chatting with me. I love talking with philosophy with you. Thank you for having me. This is such an amazing podcast. I Once I heard the idea, I was like, I need to message you because I would love to talk philosophy. That is the thing that makes me the most happy. So I'm so happy you gave me the opportunity to do so. Oh, well, thank you so much, Paige. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Now, I'd like to thank you, the listener, truly one of the most important people involved in the project. I'm so glad you're here to enjoy the podcast. Now, if you're liking it, please leave a stellar review and make sure you, your friends, and that one annoying aunt that you really hope doesn't come for the holidays this year are all following the changeup. If you would like to appear on a future episode of the changeup, you can reach out to me at will.oxtoby at gmail.com, or you can DM me on the changeup Instagram page, which is all one word at the changeup podcast. Once again, a huge thank you to Cole, our sous chef, for providing all of the music for the podcast. You can find him on SoundCloud to hear his complete discography. Thanks for listening today. May we get what we want, but never what we deserve. <laughs>